Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet. Today we are diving into one of my favorites, r slash pro revenge. Now, don't forget, four out of five dentists recommend you subscribe to our Patreon for free episodes and ad-free listening. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode, and let's jump right into it. Now streaming, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Posted by Word Roll. When someone tried to get you fired, but you have a reverse card. This incident blew up in March 2021, in the middle of lockdowns and stuff. It would probably be recognizable to the people I work with. Hopefully, they don't read this thread. It's a story about someone whose ambition was bigger than their ethics and law, and it's coming back to bite them. At the time, I was working as a manager in a mid-sized business. While I was there, I was assigned a new member to my team. I'll call her Evil. Evil was in her mid-twenties and was pretty fresh out of college. She was the kind of person who could talk your ear off about all the ideas and plans that she was working on, but never actually seemed to have anything to show for it. When I talked to her about clients complaining that she wasn't getting back to them, she would always have an excuse about how difficult they were, how snowed under she was, and how she had written an email but it must have got lost in spam and so on and so forth. Basically, it's never her fault. It got to the point where after one of our monthly meetings, I called her in and explained that if she couldn't get her tasks done, she needed to let us know so we could help delegate resources to make sure things weren't slipping through the cracks. I'll admit, I was pretty direct. Her performance was impacting the whole team, and my job was literally to keep the team on track. I get that people can be under pressure, that there can be stuff going on at home which impacts work, and that sometimes people just need a bit of help. But if every time I ask about a project, you say, yeah, 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 everything's good, I've got it under control, and then it falls apart, and your only response is to blame the client, well, we have a problem. I explained that I wasn't going to start formal performance management or anything like that, but from now on, I'd like her to check in with me on Monday mornings for 10 minutes to go over objectives for the week and check if she needed support with any of her clients. I know it isn't fun to be micromanaged, so I try to keep these check-ins short and mostly just offer assistance on stuff. She clearly hated my guts, though, and apparently was hatching her own pro-revenge. Now, part of my role included use of a purchasing card, which wasn't in my name, but I had access to. I was given the card to basically make small purchases for the office or spend up to $500 on clients. The card was kept in an office I shared with another team manager, where we could both access it if we needed it. One day I got a call from accounts asking about a few abnormal purchases on the card. A Photoshop subscription, a couple of Uber Eats orders, a HBO subscription, etc. I say I don't know anything about them and they should check in with the other team manager. Apparently the other team manager didn't know anything about them either, 
because after the weekend I got a call into the big boss's office. After my colleague and I had denied involvement, accounts started calling Adobe and Uber and stuff to find out where the transactions were coming from. They said that not only were the accounts in my name, they were registered to an email address with my name in it too, e.g. word.rollfree at domain.com or something. I can't describe what it felt like to be in that meeting. I felt physically sick. I couldn't work out what was happening. I was so shocked, I didn't know what to say. I felt like I was about to get fired and I couldn't understand how that was even possible. The director was going on about how access to the card was a privilege and that I had signed an agreement about appropriate use and so on and so forth. I denied that I had been using it inappropriately and the boss listened, but I could tell he wasn't convinced. To be honest, in my head I was gaslighting myself and worrying that I had somehow saved the card in Google and maybe my wife had accidentally used it or something. It was terrible, and I found myself apologizing and saying, I don't know what's happened. I assure you that I know none of these expenses are appropriate use of company funds. There must have been some kind of mistake. Can I please have the details and I'll look into it, etc, etc. When I finally got out of that office, job still intact, barely, Evil was waiting for me at my office door. She was grinning from ear to ear and sweetly explained she had been waiting for our morning meeting. I told her something had come up and that we'd do the meeting tomorrow, and she said, Oh, will you be in tomorrow? Confused, because I didn't know I was in a pro-revenge thread at the time. I just replied, Yeah, why wouldn't I be in tomorrow? And she just sipped her tea and said, "Eh, No reason, turned around and went back to her desk. Something felt off, but I was still worrying about what had happened with the boss, so I spent the next couple of hours calling my wife, calling Adobe, and doing the same legwork that accounts had done. It became very obvious that someone had been using my name and the company card to spend a bunch of money online. Had I been hacked or something? Personal info on the dark web and these hackers just really wanted photoshops and Wendy's delivered? It was the Uber Eats that was her undoing. After getting on the phone and talking through what had gone on and obviously giving my name for the account and everything, the fellow on the phone told me where the food had been delivered. It was in our city, which made me rule out straight away any notion of my data being sold online or something. Now, I was suspicious and pissed. I don't like to think the worst of people, but now I was. Listening to my gut, I pulled up Evil's employee information and checked her address. I pulled it on Google Maps, dropped a pin on her place, and then looked for the address Uber Eats had given me. It was the corner of her effing block. I was furious. When she left work for the day, I got IT to give me access to her laptop. Sure enough, when I opened up her domain.com account under her listed accounts were word.rollfree at domain.com. There were some things she had been smart about. The IP address she had been using was the office, which would have tied back to me. She'd even had the food delivered to a different address. She'd even made a fake email address. But saving her passwords on a work computer was a mistake. I called the boss that night and explained what I had found and kept the IT guy with me to support the fact that I hadn't just logged into her computer and made it all up. The next day, the boss called her into the office and fired her so bad there were red trucks lining up outside the building. When she teary-eyed left the office, 
I made sure I was standing in the hall, sipping a cup of tea. It had gotten cold while I waited for her, but oh boy, it still tasted sweet. I hope she went home that night, because if she did, she would have received some nice goodbye Wendy's delivered by Uber Eats. Paid for on my personal card, of course. Revenge and justice can be the same thing, right? In the end, she was fired. The boss apologized and were on good terms when I left in October for a new gig. She never apologized and I haven't seen her since. The boss decided not to get the police involved and neither did I. Just didn't want the hassle. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Posted by Eggnards. I guess it's my business now. A tale in five acts. I've wanted to post this tale here for a long time. I've started to post many times, walking away from the computer and giving up each time. Note that like many tales here, many trivial to the story details have been changed. What is important to note is that the way my industry runs is essentially via monthly service contracts with clients. There are three major players in the story, myself, Ignards, old owner, uh, let's call him Steve, and the new owner, let's call him Kyle. Act 1. Do what you love. As an aimless teenager, I started working for a small business owned by Steve. It turns out I really enjoyed what I did, so slowly over time my life plans shifted to make sure I could continue to work for Steve for the long run. This included transferring to a local college, and because the business was predominantly run on part-time hours, making sure that any other jobs I had never conflicted with the hours I was expected to work for Steve. Steve was flawed, but overall a good boss who mostly looked out for me. I certainly think over the years he had taken advantage of me in small ways, but looking back, I really have no complaints. The thing is that while I started working for Steve, the business name recognition was always directed towards Steve. Over the years, it eventually became, go to Eggnuts, he's the best. This got to the point where I do indeed truly believe that if I did not end up working for Steve, it's very likely his business would have been nowhere near as successful as it eventually became. As years went on, it was heavily implied that when Steve retired, the business would go to me. It was never specifically stated, but Steve did have a way about skirting around those types of issues and giving me hope. Act 2. Enter Kyle. About three years before COVID, Steve decided to retire and sell his business. He did indeed fulfill his promise by making a half-assed attempt to sell it to me at an unreasonable price, but it was very clear he already had another buyer in mind. Kyle. Kyle owned another local business just outside of our market area in the same industry. Because of the way the industry worked here, there really was much, if any, overlap in potential customers, but Kyle had a very large amount of money and was willing to buy. 
What's important to note here is that, again, I do truly believe that if I didn't play ball and agree to work for Kyle, my role was so integral to the operation at our business that there was no possible way a sale could go through. Over the course of negotiations, Kyle ended up buying the business and putting me in charge of running the day-to-day. Something I was mostly already doing, but with a few more administrative tasks tacked onto it. The thing is, my name was still the name in town, and Kyle made zero effort to even be on location. So nobody that did business with us ever really knew who Kyle was. Act 3 Kyle's kind of a dick and how I learned to stand up for myself. All was well for a while. Kyle would openly talk about me being the head honcho at my location and mostly left me alone to deal with my clients in the professional and personable nature that I had learned from Steve. Things first came to head a year before COVID when Kyle sent me to an industry conference for four days. I'd need to take time off from my other job, which I was fine with. At the conclusion of the conference, I put in an hour's request for the hours I'd spent at the conference, which I was super nice about. Actually, I should have clocked all the hours I spent at the convention each day, but instead did not account for the hours for seminars that would help my boss, but were ones that I wanted to attend. The request was denied, and I was told, Industry conferences are enriching activities. We pay for your admission, but they're on your own time. This took two weeks to resolve, but ended with me essentially saying, Look, I'll still work for you because I love what I do. However, if I don't get paid, I will never go to another one of these conferences again to get new ideas for you. I was immediately paid. I will spare similar smaller stories of that nature, but that slowly started to become the relationship between Kyle and I. Act 4. COVID Hits When COVID hit, our locations were shut down and for three weeks we weren't able to do anything. Meanwhile, our clients were still paying for services and because Kyle had recently moved to a new client payment portal that I hadn't been trained on yet, I wasn't able to help any clients get their money back. At one point, I messaged Kyle about going virtual and being able to still assist clients and got a very angry text back, full of curses and essentially said, look, you're not the boss, go fuck yourself. You had your chance to be the owner and turned it down, I'm in charge. We did eventually go virtual about a week later. The big problem, of course, being that I would receive daily texts and emails and calls from clients about their memberships and bills, and there was nothing I could do to help them. It was at this point that I knew shit was hitting the fan and I needed to start doing something. So over the course of the next two months, I did a couple of things. Spent an inordinate amount of time studying the best business structures, communicated with all the other staff at my location about my intentions, continued to give 110% to my clients in a virtual capacity, and built a website and social media presence from the ground up. I don't think Kyle was expecting any of this, and he probably didn't also realize that because I often had to do the back-end stuff from home, I also had what was essentially a little black book of every client, their email addresses and phone numbers. Act 5. Surgical Strike When everything was ready, I waited very patiently for the end of a service month. As I'd mentioned, all of our clients had monthly costs, and I didn't want to put anyone out of any part of their costs. On the last weekday of the month, I instructed the staff who would be helping clients that day to tell them to check their emails at the end of the day. 
At the end of the day, I sent out an email to all active and some non-active clients, as well as a texting service to text everybody. I launched our social media accounts, our website, and had even enlisted a very small amount of trusted clients to spread the word via social media once I gave them the signal. Within 15 minutes of everything, my phone was ringing off the hook. I had 50 plus emails in my inbox from different people and my Facebook accounts were completely blowing up with local chatter. I also heard from many of these people that they were calling Kyle to cancel their service. We hosted a Zoom meeting for all concerned parties and essentially decided to take the weekend to clear up any confusion with the systems and start fresh and open our doors on Monday. Within an hour of everything, Kyle sent out a text blast to every client that they would be shutting their doors effective immediately. At the start of COVID, we had roughly 50 active clients at the business. On my first day of business, I'd signed up 75 active clients. Many inactive ones telling me, yeah, we stopped doing business with you guys because Carl was kind of a dick. What is really important to keep in mind here is that I never wanted to nor cared to be a business owner. I was very happy working for someone else as long as I wasn't treated like shit. Had Kyle treated me even remotely better, the location would have continued to thrive and be stable in our local community. Kyle chose to be a dick and tried to get quick money and cheat people. And Kyle lost out. We've been in business now for almost two years, have nearly tripled Kyle's active numbers and continue to be a staple in our community. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.
Well, guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more, don't forget to check out our Patreon. We've got two episodes over there and a third one coming soon. And uh, so until next time, guys, until the next episode, peace out. Take care.